0: You've heard our open themes with listeners talking about their vocations.
1: Ah. New Hampshire shepherdesses love to listen to issues, etc. Ah.
0: Or what they're doing while listening to issues, etc.
1: New parents love listening to issues, etc.
0: In the middle of the night. We're looking for more of these elements to include in our open themes. Tell us about your vocation, hobby, or what you do while listening to Issues Etc. Call the Issues Etc. comment line 24-7 at 618-223-8382. If you make a mistake, just start over. 618-223-8382. Thanks for listening, and thanks for contributing to Issues Etc. 618 223 8382.
2: We heard a lot from the pro choice community about the danger of back alley abortions, that if Roe is overturned, then we go back to the back alley abortion. Well, it turns out that the abortion advocates. Kind of want back alley abortions not alleys but a woman's bathroom or someplace else in her home administering an abortion pill to herself without medical supervision the headline from abc news fda will green light pharmacies to fill prescriptions for the abortion pill the abortion pill mifeprestone is safe enough that retail pharmacies can begin dispensing it so long as a certified health care provider prescribes the drug, and if the pharmacy meets certain requirements according to rules published by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Is it safe? It all hinges on it being as safe as the FDA claims it is. Welcome back to Issues Etc. Joining us to talk about the FDA's latest action on chemical abortion, Dr. Donna Harrison, board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist, executive director of the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists, an Associate Scholar for the Charlotte Lozier Institute. Dr. Harrison, welcome back.
1: Thank you, glad to be back.
2: And Eric Baptist, Senior Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. Eric, welcome. Thank
0: you very much for having me.
2: Eric, why are you involved in litigation with the FDA over chemical abortion pills?
0: ADF has brought a lawsuit against the FDA on behalf of four medical associations and four individual doctors. These doctors and the medical association's doctor members are the frontline doctors who have treated women and girls who have been harmed by chemical abortion drugs. This is directly related to the FDA's approval and then subsequent elimination of basic level protections for women and girls. And because we have seen so many women and girls present themselves to the emergency rooms and experience severe complications, this harm has to stop. And our lawsuit intends to do so by taking these drugs off the marketplace or at least establishing some basic level protections for women and girls who do take these drugs.
2: Dr. Harrison, what is chemical abortion? So chemical
1: abortion is a drug that blocks a very important hormone in a woman's body, and that hormone is progesterone. So when a woman is pregnant, she makes a lot of progesterone, and that progesterone allows her body to feed the baby. But if you block progesterone, then her body stops feeding the baby and the baby dies. So the chemical abortion drug blocks the action of progesterone and then that kills the baby. But at that point, the baby will be dead inside but not be expelled from her body. So she has to take a second drug called mesoprostol or Cytotec. That drug causes her womb to contract and expel out the baby and placenta And so both of those drugs have to be used together in a chemical abortion regimen, or at least that's how the FDA approved the chemical abortion regimen. And both of those drugs have side effects. They have dangers. One of the dangers of the first drug, the one that blocks progesterone, it also blocks the ability of the woman's womb to contract down and stop bleeding. So one of the major side effects that we see from chemical abortion is major hemorrhage. And both drugs, both Mifeprex, the first drug, the one that blocks progesterone, and the second drug, Mesoprostol or Cytotec, both of those drugs suppress a woman's immune system. So there have been many women who have died from an overwhelming infection from a simple soil bacteria because their body couldn't fight it off because of Mifeprex and Mesoprostol suppressing their immune system. So... These are both dangerous drugs. Despite what the abortion industry wants to say about being safer than Tylenol, it's a lie. They're dangerous drugs. And the willy-nilly way in which the FDA is allowing these drugs to be used right now is posing major dangers for women, and especially actually for girls, because these powerful drugs that block a very important hormone in a woman's body have never been tested in teenagers, and yet there is no age limit as to who can access these pills.
2: What has the Food and Drug Administration done and said recently, Dr. Harrison, regarding chemical abortion?
1: Well, what they've done is they've relaxed the basic protections that should have been involved in giving chemical abortion. And these basic protections were even minimal at the time they approved the drug in 2000. But since 2000, they have allowed the abortion industry to give these drugs kind of willy-nilly, almost experimenting on women. And then in 2016, they stopped collecting any data on complications. At the same time, they allowed the drug to be used later and later in pregnancy. So the combination of not requiring complications to be reported, along with changing the age limit, meant that no one is tracking what we know as serious complications from the abortion pill. And how do we know that? Because there are studies in Europe where the state owns the medical record. There are studies in Finland that show that chemical abortions are four times more often to have a complication than a surgical abortion. And these complications include things like needing surgery after having the chemical abortion, They include things like needing someone to care and make sure that there's no tissue left inside. And this is well known. It's just that if you don't look for those complications in the United States, then you don't know, you have no idea, and the FDA has no idea what the real-world effect of using mifepristone and misoprostol without any kind of physician oversight. They don't know what that effect is. So the last thing that the FDA just did was they allowed pharmacies now to give out mifepristone, So a doctor in New York could theoretically call a pharmacy in Illinois and have the pharmacist dispense mifepristone to a woman. Who's going to care for her when she's hemorrhaging? Who's going to care for her when she has tissue left inside? It's not the pharmacist. They don't do DNCs. They also don't consent the woman because she has to have an ultrasound to know how far along she is. We know that women that take these drugs at seven weeks pregnant... And they have a 1 in 20 risk of having needing surgery afterward. But if she's 13 weeks pregnant, she's got a 1 out of 3 chance of needing surgery, most often for major hemorrhage. So this is completely medically and scientifically irresponsible on the part of the FDA. And that was their latest change that they just allowed.
2: How is that any different than simply saying Mifeprex can be sold over the counter?
1: Well, right now, mifepristone still requires a prescription. But the FDA is allowing that prescription to come from another state. And all that the prescriber has to do is see the woman over a telemedicine interview. But this is a huge problem because you can't determine how far along she is by a telemedicine visit. You can't do an ultrasound by a telemedicine visit. You also can't know if she has the pregnancy planted in her womb or in her tube. So if the pregnancy is planted in her tube, then she'll take the chemical abortion drug. She'll have pain and bleeding. She'll call the doctor three states away and say, I'm having pain and bleeding. And he'll say, lay down, honey, and take a Tylenol. And what will happen is we've had women die because those exact symptoms are the symptoms of a rupturing ectopic pregnancy. These women bled to death before they could get to the hospital. One out of 50 women has a pregnancy implanted in their tubes. And even worse than that, with a telemedicine visit, you have no idea who is on the other side of that laptop, her pimp, her abuser, and you actually have no idea that the woman appearing on the screen is the same woman that's going to get the drug. So we know from some of the websites where abortion pills can be ordered from India or China with no prescription at all, we know some of those websites give a bulk discount, You've got to order a bulk discount except pimps and abusers? So the potential for abuse is massive here. And that's part of the responsibility of the FDA is to look over real world use and see what is the safety under real world conditions. And the FDA is not collecting any of that data. None of it.
2: Eric, how is the FDA's action related to the post row situation in states that have banned abortion? Why this action now?
0: We would have brought this lawsuit decades ago, but the FDA requires you to challenge any new drug approval, first within the agency, before you can go to court and air your grievances. And that's exactly what our clients have done over the last two decades. They filed their first petition challenging the FDA's approval of chemical abortion drugs in 2002, and the FDA sat on that petition for 14 years, evading responsibility and stonewalling my clients. And then on the same day they rejected that petition, they changed the entire regimen for chemical abortion drugs. My client filed another petition challenging the FDA's recent changes in 2016. They denied that petition. So this is the first time we're actually able to bring a lawsuit challenging the FDA actions over the last two decades on chemical abortion drugs. So this is on a different track, I would argue, than the Dobbs decision and the overturning of Roe v Wade because we would have brought this lawsuit a long time before Dobbs even came down but for the FDA stonewalling and evading responsibility.
2: Do you think the FDA has allowed these telemedicine access to these abortion pills in response to the overturning of Roe v. Wade, because some states are looking at chemical abortion as a legal problem?
0: The FDA started allowing telemedicine prescriptions for chemical abortion drugs in early 2021 actually before the Dobbs decision was even issued or even thought it was going to go the way it was. So this is a highly politicized FDA. The Biden administration came in and they wanted to make chemical abortion drugs as accessible as possible. And that's what they've done since Dobbs is found this is the way to subvert those state laws and restrictions on chemical abortion or abortion in general by trying to promote the remote access of these drugs in states where they may be banned.
2: Dr. Harrison, pharmacists certainly have an interest in the health of their clients. Do you expect pharmacists, although they're being permitted to do this, to actually get on board and do what the FDA says they can do with regard to chemical abortion?
1: Todd, that is a critically important question. And what we know from the pressure that our medical colleagues have experienced in certain areas to perform abortions, We heavily suspect that there are going to be conscience rights violations with pharmacists. There will be pharmacists who say, I don't want to participate in killing human beings. That's not why I went to pharmacy school. And so it will depend on the pharmacy chains whether or not they fire that pharmacist or what kind of pressure is put on. But the pharmacists will be facing pressures to violate their conscience and to be involved in what they know is killing human beings.
2: Bottom line, Dr. Harrison, what is the danger of the FDA relaxing its regulation on drugs like Mithoprax?
1: Women are going to be hurt. They're already being hurt. We're already seeing emergency rooms flooded with women who are having complications from chemical abortion. And that's going to get worse because the further along in pregnancy she is, when she takes the chemical abortion drug, the more she's at risk of complications. And with only telemedicine visits, you're going to have women that are much further along in pregnancy than they expect. So these women run the risk of major hemorrhage. And not only that, it's a little different when you do the abortion yourself with a drug because you as a woman are going to see the baby that comes out. When you have a surgical abortion, you go to sleep, you wake up, there's not that memory. But when you have a chemical abortion, her bathroom becomes the site of the abortion. And when she sees what is not a blob of tissue, but what is a fully formed tiny human being, that's going to be psychologically devastating for women who don't understand what the abortion process is about. So we're going to see women psychologically harmed. We're going to see women physically harmed. And especially, this is the most dangerous way to do an abortion for women who are in an an area that that has very little access to health care. So I actually was part of a team that reviewed the adverse events that were submitted to the FDA, the complications that were submitted by the abortionists to the FDA. Many of them were hemorrhaging. And there were life-threatening hemorrhages. The only reason those women are alive is because they could access an emergency room that had transfusion capabilities. But these drugs are being pushed for areas where women have very little access to hospitals. So when she starts hemorrhaging, what is a life-threatening complication will become a death. And you know what? Maybe nobody will know. Because if she doesn't have any physician oversight and no one tracking, she's simply found dead, hemorrhaging. So this is the thing. It is a horrible situation for women, and FDA is being scientifically and medically irresponsible in their oversight of this drug.
2: Dr. Harrison, the pro-choice side often for decades warned of returning to the so-called back-alley abortion. But what you've just described there sounds a lot like a back-alley abortion.
1: It sure is. And it's very ironic that the messaging, when they were pushing, starting to begin to push for do-it-yourself abortions, which was actually prior to COVID, (laughs) the push began back in in 2018, 2019. When they began to push for do-it-yourself abortions, they sent out a a messaging statement saying, don't talk about coat hangers anymore. Don't talk about the dangers of do-it-yourself abortion because they were going to push for do-it-yourself abortion. So this this is an industry that's interested in money and in as many abortions as possible and they don't care whether their message actually conveys truth or not. They only care whether their message sells abortions.
2: Finally, Eric, with about a minute here, do you think that you can get these drugs pulled off the market?
0: We are confident in our case that we presented to the court because the FDA has a clear legal obligation to protect the American public from dangerous chemical abortion drugs. And here they've failed America's women and girls by, by ignoring their statutory obligations to be the safeguard against these dangerous drugs.
2: Dr. Donna Harrison is a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist, executive director of the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists, associate scholar for the Charlotte Lozier Institute, Eric Baptist is senior counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. Find out more about the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists and Alliance Defending Freedom at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Dr. Harrison, thank you. Thank you, Todd. Eric, thank you very much.
0: Thank you for having us.
2: We'll be going through listener email and the issues etc comment line for a little bit after the break and then Pastor Chris Rosebro will join us for this week in Pop Christianity today Word Faith teacher Kenneth Copeland is getting a pacemaker.
0: Listen to the best of the Church's music for the Epiphany season at LutheranPublicRadio.org. Sacred music for the Epiphany season, 24-7, LutheranPublicRadio.org.
1: The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's Life Ministry is thousands of people sharing Christ's love and mercy and giving witness to our Lord's creation of life, His design for marriage and the family, and the God-given value of all human life from conception to natural death. Working with many partners, LCMS Life Ministry sponsors human care efforts that meet the needs of body and soul and provides resources and educational events for all ages. To learn more, email Ministry at lcms.org and visit lcms.org life.
0: Defending life from beginning to end. You're listening to Issues Etc. Memoria Press award-winning Latin programs have successfully taught hundreds of thousands of students across the world. Their easy-to-use, step-by-step Latin curriculum provides students with an academic vocabulary, a mastery of English grammar, and strong critical thinking skills. If you're interested in learning more, visit memoriapress.com and save $5 on your next purchase by using the coupon code LPR23. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. Since 1973, pro-life advocates have been gathering annually in Washington, D.C. to march for unborn life. And since the overturning of Roe v. Wade last year, this movement has taken on new direction and new focus. To learn more, pick up your copy of the January issue of The Lutheran Witness, titled Life After Roe, and learn more about what the pro-life movement is now doing to stand up for life. Visit cph.org witness or witness.lsms.org to learn more.
1: The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective.